0: Brad and Glenda Pius, thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David Kruppman. My name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. Hey David, do you like magic tricks? I love magic
1: tr- Are you yourself an illusionist? Are you someone who performs magic tricks for your kids? Only the disappearing
0: coin. How do you do that? I palm it. (laughs) (laughs) Are they listening? Are you going to ruin it for them now? No, I palm the coin. I pretended to put it in my other hand. And then I open up my fingers and everyone goes, wow. I used to do that for my kids when they were younger. Did they ever figure it out? No. So you just ruined it for them? Well, it was already ruined a long
1: time ago because my kids now are older. My kids still don't know the secrets to my magic tricks, even though they're far worse than palming a coin. I love Penn and Teller Fool Us. Oh, they're very good. That's great. Penn and Teller are hilarious. But the reason I'm asking about magic tricks is because in our last episode, we talked about God teaching Moses how to pray when the people of Israel need forgiveness. And he said, say these 13 attributes of God's mercy, and I will forgive them. It's a covenant from God. And that sounds a lot like a magic trick. All you have to do is say these words, and boom, presto, you're forgiven. And I don't really like magic tricks. I like them to do to my kids. But in my relationship with God, I certainly hope that it's deeper than just illusionism and some sort of magic act where we say these words and you forgive us. I think prayer is about a relationship,
0: not about saying magic words. Well, right now, in my head as you're saying this, the song, Do You Believe in Magic? In a young girl's heart. (laughs) Exactly. That's what's going through my head. And hopefully now that song will be stuck in our listeners mind we do services for everyone who listens to this podcast you are all very very welcome but david how would you answer that it's not a magic formula but in order to understand that it's not a magic formula we have to understand what the words mean god is not praying as a request for anything it's just the names of himself in different attributes He is gracious, he is merciful, etc., etc., describing what God is. And it's more than just buttering up God. God is not telling you how to butter him up in order to receive forgiveness and atonement. Well, that's why I say it looks a little bit like
1: magic tricks. It looks a little bit like you say these words and you get it automatically, which doesn't seem to work together with the idea of developing a deep relationship with God.
0: I'm in agreement with you. In my opinion, these words invoke God's divine presence in our sacred space. Can you explain what you mean by that? As we mentioned previously, God is wrapping himself in a prayer shawl, going before the congregation, demonstrating the way we need to invoke these words. So later on, when we're in this situation again, we come to God in this prayer like moment. When we're intently using these words, we're invoking God's Shekinah, Shekinah in Hebrew, in the midst of. the congregation. God is coming down to us.
1: So tell me if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly. When we say these words, this is almost an invitation to God to manifest his merciful presence within us. It's not magic words. It's about bringing God and making him part of the congregation, part of that, and doing so in his mercy, despite the fact that we have sinned and we don't deserve his presence invoking his mercy is a way of, in a sense, inviting him in to join us. Yes. And that actually works really nicely with the idea that God himself was dressed up like a cantor, like a prayer leader, because that means he's part of our community, not apart from our community. That's very nice. I have a different answer, but I like yours as well. Wow, I got a compliment from Scott. Believe it or not. Let me tell you how I understand it. And I'll say this with the caveat that people understand there is an idea in Jewish thought called Elu ve'elu divrei elokim chayim. Two different ideas can both coexist. The phrase means these and these. Contradictory ideas can both be the words of the living God. So saying two different opinions enriches our understanding. It's not an argument. It's a way of understanding it deeper. The way I understand this, based on a famous scholar in the 16th century, Rabbi Moses Cordovero, is that when we recite these attributes of mercy, our job isn't merely to say what God is, but rather, as we mentioned in the previous podcast, to imitate God. Saying that God himself manifests these various attributes of mercy, that he is kind and gracious and remembering goodness for thousands of generations. If we hear that God acts that way, that is normative. That is a command to us to act the same way. So when we in the synagogue recite the 13 attributes of mercy, God promises to forgive us, Why? Because in resetting them, we are reminding ourselves of how we are supposed to act. It's not that we're saying that God acts this way so much as we're saying that because God acts this way, I must act the same way. If I act with mercy the same way God acts with mercy, then I can be
0: ensured that divine mercy will come to Israel. So in my understanding of these words, it's more of an invitation of God coming into the assembly of the congregation. In your understanding of these words, it's a commitment To What we
1: need to do for God That's a nice way of saying it A commitment of what we have to do for God And for each other And those of course are interlocked ideas Doing things for ourselves For our friends For our neighbors For the whole world Is itself doing for God Because that's our mission As the people of Israel I'm Scott Kahn I'm
0: David McCrutman And blessings from Jerusalem